The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. that music you know the show you're listening to railroad sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters man <laughs> there's a lot to talk about what matters boy i tell you what sometimes people got some things on their mind that they need to let it out they need to let it go they need to let the world know how they feel what they're doing what they've been keeping a secret they've been drafted they're multi-millionaires a lot that people need to know. How are they going to build their football teams? Ooh, who's going to win the NBA championship? Who's not going to win an NBA championship? Who's going fishing? There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. I'll tell you what, uh, some people even got a year older over the weekend. That's right, since the last time I talked to you all, and I just want to thank so many people out there. You know, you really don't know how good people are, you know, but just, just a, a little shout-out, a little happy birthday. So I am going to take the time out to just shout out to everybody in there, you know, to all my village, because you know it takes a village to raise a child. I'm still growing. I'm still young. And I want to just shout out to my village and thank you all for those birthday wishes uh, during the weekend, over the weekend, April 27th. That number 27 is very special to me. If you know me for a long time, you know that it is extremely special. And I don't I didn't choose it. It chose me. And it's been very, very good to me. It was good to some people over the weekend, too. Some people, you know, got drafted, made a little bit of extra money. But I just want to thank, you know, that my my entire village, all those who took time out to wish me a happy birthday. You know, you actually have to take time out on Facebook. First of all, you got to go to Facebook. Then you got to go to somebody's page. Then you got to type in a message and you got to think about it, send it to them, you know, whatever. So just the fact that I was on the minds of so many people. And I mean so many people. I just want you all to know individually. And I said I'm I'm going to respond to everybody individually because, after all, you did respond to me individually and let you know that I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart uh, that you took the time out to say happy birthday to me. So, boy, I'll tell you what, there was some interesting things going on this past 24 hours, 48 hours. Um but it was, it's been very, very interesting. I just don't know, you know, where I want to start because I, I got so many things I want to start up, you know, but I know looking back at the NFL draft, you know, that was one thing in particular about that NFL draft that I want to say. And I want to pick up. I also want to give a shout out to my man, to to my men, my homeboys holding it down before I got on. I was listening to Keith and to Paul, uh, Keith Lewis and. And Paul Howard lockdown coverage and, and, and they keep it real all the time. And, and I, I just want to echo, if you will, 
something that I heard, uh, I believe Keith said, and I agree, you know, because obviously, you know, when you're a player, you understand it's a little bit different. You can't invite yourself to the party. That's why there's a lot of people out there that talk about the restraints of professional sports being lax that would have, you know, the floodgates open up and people would rush to professional sports. You can't just rush in on professional sports. You can't bum rush parties at professionals. You have to be invited. You have to be invited to try out for a team. You have to be in try. You're you're drafted. You know, you don't just invite yourself to the draft. You don't invite yourself to a draft party. You know, it's invitation only. And so I, I want to go back because, like I said, I heard I heard Keith saying that. That's what I felt like too when 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 my man was Geno Smith was you know feeling a little you know out of place. He didn't just invite himself there. And and people talk about listening to the experts. Well, there were experts that invited him there. I was the next to the last draft pick. I didn't get an invitation there. You don't get what you know. They give an invitation to those people that they expect based upon what teams have told them in terms of, you know, who might get drafted. And there are very few guys. And sometimes there are guys that will go to the draft and they will just kind of sit in the audience. But it, but you definitely don't get a chance to, you know, you think you're going to be a second-day draft pick. You ain't sitting in the green room. That's not That won't happen. So that what happened with Geno, it really wasn't, and I understand the whole agent thing. I'm not sure Gino understands the agent thing. Because if it's true that he fired his agent, did he really think his agent was going to get him drafted in the first round? That's not how it happens, Gino. It's what you did on the football field and what you did at the combine and what you did in those interview sessions and when you maybe a team flew you out a couple days before the draft to have you know some one-on-one that's where you get drafted. I don't care what anybody tells you. The only thing an agent can do for you is once you have been released by a team, is that person can make some phone calls on your behalf. And it just so happens that if indeed in his Rolodex, he's got some people or all of the GM or the personnel people on his speed dial. And he can get through, and they answer his calls. See, that's the most important thing that an agent has to have the ability is he has to have access. You, if I were if I were coming out of school all over again, you know what I would do? And picking an agent, if I thought that I need an agent to perhaps maybe have a conversation with people so that you could somehow at least give them the information and give them some additional information that they may not have about me and who I am, then what I would do is I would want to talk to the agent, and I would sit there and I'd ask him this. Uh, how many uh, general managers do you have on speed dial? How many director player personnel do you have on speed dial? Uh, call them. And uh, without going into great detail, just call them and, you know, and just happen to say to them, hey, you know, just want to call you, let you know, you know, I'm working with such and such a player and just, you know, just feed him some information. I would evaluate and assess that kind of that conversation that he had with that GM and with that player personnel, player development person, well, player personnel, not development, player personnel person. And, and, and that would give you an indication of what kind of relationship he really does have with them. Because in the event I find myself, for some reason, I slip off the board and I don't get drafted. 
then maybe that person can pick up the phone and find out if somebody needs my services. Because other than that, the only thing the agent's going to do for you, and, you know, I, 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 less and less am, am I feeling good about the need for an agent. Because, again, I remember in the draft, and I've, I like to share this with people every year, annually when the draft comes up, for the simple reason that there are different people who find themselves in a position to be, to have the opportunity to play for a National Football League. Each year there's a new crop of people that come in. And it's familiar, it's new to them. Each time it's new. I don't care if you got a brother, your father, your uncle, whoever was drafted. This is a new experience because now it's you. It's unique that it's you. And so they could share their experience with you, but this is new for you. So sometimes things change, but many times they don't. So the experience that they share with you, you simply could ask them those questions. And then what you do is you just do your little research. And you can find out that, you know, based upon what they told me, they got drafted here and, you know, here's what happened and, and here's the kind of money they're going to get. That's all an agent really does is, is negotiate a contract for you. If that agent tells you that he can do anything for you other than negotiate that contract, you know, I would question that agent. Now, that agent can, if you're a free agent, okay, he perhaps, like I said, can pick up the phone and call some people. It's like if you need a job. That's all. That's what an agent is. An agent really in the business of unemployment, he, he basically, uh, you know, he's a headhunter. He's a placement service. It, he just so happens to be in football or basketball or baseball. That's all he is. He, he runs a business that what their specialty is placing of professional athletes and an employment opportunity. That's all. That's all. He, he, he and when he and doing that, he negotiates a contract, hopefully to the terms and conditions of which you are willing to accept. Now, what also happens is different than a job outside of professional sports. You may or may not have some input on to who you want him to call. Because you, you may want him to call the San Francisco 49ers, but they don't need a tackle. You may want him to call the New York Jets, but the Jets don't need a quarterback. Yes, they do, but no, they don't. <laughs> you know what? I, the roster may be already stacked. So it's good for him to also know that, yeah, well, you know what? He needs to know every aspect of the business of the personnel on that team. Because I've been in a situation where I arrived at a team and I don't feel as if I was prepared in that process in terms of leveraging what I had at that time, which was a healthy body, and they didn't have a healthy body. And they knew it, but I didn't know it. And it wasn't that information wasn't shared with me by my agent. So I basically was at a disadvantage instead of an advantage. See, there are certain things that agents should know and may know and need to share with you. So other than that, you know, it's, it's like, you know, don't take me to a place that needs me, not just wants me, but needs me. They don't they, they don't have anybody in that position and negotiate a contract with me as if, you know, they just want me, you know, 
Not that they need me and want me, that they just want me. Because sometimes what we want, we don't always get what we want. But we, what we need means you need, you can't survive without this. You need, you need a strong safety. And I found myself in a position where the team needed a strong safety. I didn't know that their strong safety was hurt. Shout out to my man, Bubba Gross, Al Gross. And so therefore, I negotiated contracts as if they wanted me and not that they needed me, which means we left money on the table. And so don't get it to it. Don't don't get upset with your agent about a draft. And I don't know. I could have some misinformation. But the fact that you didn't get drafted in the first round and you were there in New York City. Second of all, let's just be humble. You got drafted in the second round. Oh, my God, that is like a. That's, that's like a miracle because each year there's no more. There, well, okay, all right, 30, 32, maybe 32 people getting drafted in the first round every year. You're one of 32 people in the world that get drafted in national football. If you go to the second round, you're one of 64 in the world that gets drafted by the National Football League. You worked hard for that. Enjoy it. There is nothing sad at all. And if you slip and fall in the draft, lower than you thought that you should have been drafted, guess what? Celebrate the fact that you were because there's so many people that were not. I hear a little music in the background. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the man who inspired me is going to join me, Henry Clay, great, great, great sports guy out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's going to join us right here on Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'll be right back. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
right. You hear the music. You know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I have the man on the phone. And I have to, listen, sometimes we just have to do this. We have to humble yourself and say to yourself, self, I didn't do this by myself. You and I didn't do this. Somebody helped me. And somebody helped me in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania years ago. Uh, actually, when I first came to Arizona, you know the story. I played in the, in the Fiesta Bowl, and we got our butts kicked by Penn State University. But I just pray to the good Lord Jesus. Man, when I get, you know, if, I get, if I'm blessed to play pro football, when I get done playing pro football, I'm going to marry my, you know, my college sweetheart, Doris. Shout out to my lovely bride. And we're going to take our family, and we're going to come to Phoenix, Arizona. And so as it got close to that time, we've been married years. My football career was over with. It was time for me to make that move. And I let a young man know who I had admired for years, who'd been covering us in, in Philadelphia. And and I, I don't know, maybe one time or two, I might have had a difference of opinion than what he had. But I respected the man for the way he showed up to do his job and, and the level of professionalism that he delivered to the job each time that he entered that locker room. And he told me, Ray... You know, there's a place, there's a person you need to see, uh, Tacey Trump, of course. And Tacey's my executive producer. And Tacey introduced me, well, my good friend Henry Clay introduced me to Miss Tacey Trump. And as they say, the rest is history. So uh, we make history once, at least twice, three, four times a year by Henry coming on and, and sharing some of his wisdom and, and Henry, I want to thank you for joining me today because there's some special things going on there in Philadelphia. I feel good about it. Uh, but before we get into the Philadelphia aspect, I just want to know, you know, from you, obviously seeing what happened with Geno Smith, you know, I understand that perhaps maybe there was, you know, some things, uh, you know, that uh, that got out, that some things may have been said. But do you really think that something other than his performance on the football field, something around draft day, had something to do with him slipping and not being drafted on the first day. Yes. Wow. Uh, the rumors, in fact, we were even hearing it around the uh, Novacare complex because a couple of the local uh, talk uh, Gabfest people had said that he, their sources had said the Eagles were going to draft him. Well, the word started floating around that some things had happened and things got said, and I don't know exactly what they were. But as you know, Ray, in today's world, with Skype and Facebook and Twitter and MySpace and on and on and on, anything you say is going to hit the airways by some hook or crook. And once it hits the airways... Everybody knows. I know, you know, and everybody listening to us knows. Now, for him to react the way he did, his agent is not performing on the field. And as you very well also know, Ray, that the scouting capabilities of the National Football League have become so, so technical and so widely known among general managers and player personnel people that they can analyze these players to the nth degree. So all of his field um, resume was out there for everybody to see. Now, for what happened, what was said, I don't know. But there were rumors that something had been said and or done in New York the day of the draft, and that's why he slipped. The agent had nothing... 
in not player personnel people in the National Football League or any other sport do not draft agents, they draft players. Yeah, and I and I agree with you, Henry, and for that reason, now, and this is just rumor, and I I don't know it to be a fact. I'm going to do a little bit more due diligence, and I can, can bring that back to the airwaves. But I understand that agent has been released. Yes, that is correct. But 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 let, but let me ask you something. So and and let, let's just see in our guesstimation, would it be that he felt as if that the agent should have protected whatever he said uh, from the public? Because the agent, obviously, if it's on a d- device or unless it was in a room of which the agent controlled. But it seems as if there was a message that he felt should have been controlled by the agent that would have perhaps maybe saved the agent's job and the agent didn't protect that, you know, that emotional let off of steam from getting out to the, to the, and I don't think it's got out to the general public yet because I haven't seen it. I, I, I don't I know, what, I, I don't know what it is or what it was that could have been that bad because we do know. It, as was, a, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. And see, and that's the problem. See, okay, cool. Let's, so let's go back, Henry, because you, you talked about, you know, uh, the level of scrutiny in evaluating players nowadays. And, and, and what it is, is I understand that really the level of scrutiny has gone to a science now because they're, you know, ma- mathematicians actually, you know, they're, they're getting, you know, people from MIT who is actually taking all the data and putting it in and spitting it out. And then they're That's making, correct. they're making judgments on players based upon a computer as opposed to Watching players on the field, with the exception of Manti Teo, I believe that happened. That's correct. Now, Ray, you you've been you've been there on draft day as a player. I haven't. I'm too old. And when I was when I was eligible, they didn't have a draft. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Uh, I, I, but I understand what you're saying. I think I know where you're going with this one, Henry. So go ahead. Okay, go now, ahead. You've been there on draft day, and I'm sure that when you got on the plane to come to New York. Well, I actually didn't go to New York. I stayed in Columbus because they, you know, like I okay, said, a lot of round people. Went. Right. Right. Your mom and your dad and your coach, your high school coach, and anybody else that advised you told you you better do exactly to the best you possibly can when you're there for everybody to see. You're right. You're right. Am I correct? You're, you're correct. You're correct. But they do that the whole time. You're molded. You're shaped Absolutely. and molded to protect the brand, if you will, at all times from when you're a kid. So you, well, that's how, that's a come you always get to come. You guys get mad because the only answers you get from a lot of those, you know, those players of which are good company guys is company lines and you guys want more than company lines and that's why y'all push buttons sometimes and that's why you you get some of those things this (laughs) you are your best helper yes yes charity begins at home yes does it not you're right you're right and i am the mentee and you are the mentor so i'm listening at that but but we but we do know this and you know that tongue that tongue is it's that tongue you know the old you know little thing you said as a kid you know sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me we found out that to be so untrue that it is the words that many times that have, that once these players speak these words it, it really takes a, an effect upon them of which I don't think they ever could have measured the amount of backlash. And this obviously, you know, from the first round as a quarterback to the second round as a quarterback, we're talking millions of dollars that yep. this young man has. But let me ask you something. Millions of dollars, but now he does find himself on a team in New York 
word, media capital of the world. Which is a train wreck. Which, which okay, uh, it's all. It's, it's been. This will be like the third train wreck. Is there ever been? You know, they, there's just so many train wrecks going on up there in New York. Did you think in your mind that was the best fit for him? And 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 why do you think the Jets really picked him? I mean, you got Mark Sanchez. You just got. You, if you had a battle with a quarterback that half of America didn't feel was good enough to be a quarterback. Why bring in a quarterback that America feels is good enough to be a quarterback to challenge Mark Sanchez? Because now, if you think he was a little fragile in his in, in terms of his ability and his confidence level, he's really going to be fragile now because you got a, a real quarterback there to challenge him. Well, let's uh, and again, I don't know exactly when it hit the wire uh, airways. Uh, I had some meetings this morning, and it was on the uh, reports when I got back. But they released Tim Tebow last night. Yeah, exactly. We know that. And that's what I'm saying. Tebow's gone. But then you bring in, I think you already got uh, Gerard. You brought him on. Not that he's gone. But he could challenge. He, You know, Gerard is a, is a, you know, he's an NFL quarterback. Maybe a backup. But, you know, somebody, you know, doesn't have the type of media support that Tim Tebow does. And I don't know why Tim Tebow does. Uh but certainly, now you've got a quarterback where people feel like, okay, we've got a quarterback here now. Put this well, man in the game. I don't think that the media is going to be any less uh, in terms of the, the, the impact that, that he's going to receive and the pressure that's going to come from the media. I don't think it's going to let up. I don't think the fans are going to let up. It's not. And I, well, look at, all right, here's your position. The position that you know better than I'll ever even think about knowing. Uh, Mr. Reva, Revis, the problem that he went through, the defensive back for the Jets. Well, you know what? Here's the thing about Revis. I, you know, I, somewhat, I, I, and I'm a fan nowadays of the game. So for me, you know, you, you were hurt. You got a nice contract. You got a great contract. And then you come back, and, and you're still hurt, and you want even more money I, I don't understand that. I can't. There are very few times where I, I can't see myself taking the player's side. But in this case, I don't see myself taking the player's side on this one. I think Revis should have just shut his mouth and played ball. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, and again, let's don't judge, all right? Whether he was right, whether the Jets are right, who knows? Because neither of us were in those meetings and neither of us are attorneys. Do you understand the letters and the uh, the faxes and what have you that were changed? What I'm saying is, whoever was right, whether it be the Jets or be it Mr. Revis, all right, what you and I read in the newspaper and on the Internet, the newspapers, the media, and what you saw on, on those uh, TV gab fests uh, were not very positive to either side. And again, with, with with media today, there is no way. I think the Jets, as an administrative office, you know, an, an administration, uh, you know, you talk about some teams that are, are the class of the NFL, the class of the NBA, the class of you know MLB, the class of NHL. The Jets will never win that award. Absolutely, they will never win that award. And until again, you know, as they say, that stuff flows down. And until that stuff at the top. You know, is something of which you know you can be proud of. They, can they, I get sarcastic for a minute? <laughs> we got about we got about a minute before we go to the commercial break. Go right ahead. You cannot ride on Joe Willie Namus' coattail forever. 
Well, I agree with I I certainly agree with that. I certainly agree with that, you know, and 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 I think Joe is kind of, you know, Joe, listen. I think Joe's kind of tired. I think Joe's tired of carrying this organization for that long. You know, how long can you make up excuses for an organization uh, like the New York Jets, you know, in New York City, the, the media capital of the world, you know, the biggest spotlight in the world. And how long can you continue to, you know, make excuses about the quarterback, to make excuses about the head coach, to make excuses about the front office, particularly when your neighbor is winning Super Bowls? When the Down Giants, the when the Giants are winning Super Bowls, when the Yankees, when the Yankees are winning Super Bowls, when the Mets are winning super, uh, maybe championships, you know, Yankees winning championships, Mets winning championships, Giants winning championships, you know, at least the Knicks getting in the championship run, and. The New Jersey, you know, the Nets, they moved to Brooklyn, but they were even in the championship run. And the Jets can't do well, Mark Sanchez did take them to two AFC championship games. But you messed that up. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. We're going to give the Jets a break, and we're going to come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my good friend, and I'm going to call him the great Henry Clay out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, covering sports for many years Much respect to Henry. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. 
Uh, again, I want to thank my good friend, Mr. Henry Clay, uh, for being a good friend, but for joining me on the show after the draft. We always like to get together and talk about the future of the Philadelphia Eagles. So let, let's 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 give the New York Jets a break. Let's come on down 95 a little bit. We're going to drive down 95 a little bit, and we're going to pull over and park at Broad and Patterson. And right there, of course, we'll be at the offices of the Philadelphia Eagles, and we will talk about a young man who just took over a program and who's made some decisions. And what do you think is going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles? And, and what are the fans thinking about that new draft? Uh, class well, of 2013. I uh, let's start with the coach. He has brought a new atmosphere to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think when uh, this didn't just start with the hiring of Chip Kelly, when they started uh, making front office moves early this year, even before Andy Reid was uh, dismissed. They had made start making uh, moves around the office. Of course, um, Joe Banner was <clears throat> allowed to resign. Uh, <clears throat> allowed to resign. Um, like, would you please resign? That kind of a re- resignation. Uh, and the office, the the feeling around the office there. Henry, I can't let that go because I know there's a little undertone there, meaning I need to read between the lines, and I'm not really good at that because in my mind, I remember Joe Banner being the architect, if you will, of the salary cap way before anybody had mastered that. He was able to put together, you know, very, very good teams. I can't call them great because they didn't win Super Bowls. Very, very good teams, very competitive teams that you know you'll be a season ticket holder and you'll get your money's worth each year. Now, why was he asked to resign, you know, uh, non-communicated, if you will, the suggestion of why don't you just leave because we don't want to fire you. We don't, we can't fire you, but we, you're, you're, you've worn out your welcome. What was that all about? Uh, I can tell you that uh, some of the moves that were made in the off season going into the 2012 season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the moves that he was involved in, uh, which did not go over well with anybody, from Jeff Lurie down to the people uh, who mopped the uh, clubhouse. But I remember Jeffrey Lurie. Again, handing the keys, if you will, pretty much Absolutely. to this man who was he had entrusted. Absolutely. And this man really, with the exception of winning a Super Bowl, I bet you the Eagles, if, if I do my research again, the numbers will show that they're one of the winningest teams in the past decade and a half, at least That's past correct. 15 years. Okay, so, so why is it, again, the standard is always the Super Bowl championship or bust. And and Philadelphia doesn't have, but but we have. That's the way we believe. And so it was because the roster moves have it did not allow him to win a championship. Because let's let's look at this last year, Henry, Michael Vick. Yeah, they had problems, but the line, the offensive line was decimated. He didn't have that wasn't a that wasn't a starting college offensive line. Alabama's line was better than that. You know, we had injuries. Can't you at least justify the play of the offense due to injuries? Although I believe backups. I was a backup, and when I got my chance, I got my job. So maybe I don't want to, you know, stand up too much for backups. But I will say this: we didn't have our starting offensive line there for us every week in a cohesiveness like some other teams have. But that's not excuse. But that's just, you know, something I'm throwing out well, there. I'll answer your question. Um, 
And it comes down to a couple of players, basically. Abnami, uh, Asimwa, and, um, the other defensive back. Right, that he insisted bringing in here, and they really never fit in. They never really, and it basically could come down to basically two plays in two games back to back, where Mr. Asimwa, uh, just totally took a nap on the two plays. And that was the beginning of the downfall of the season. And I'm talking about the play against the Washington Redskins and the play the following week, or excuse me, against the Cincinnati Bengals, followed up by the uh, same play, same point in the game, and basically the same yardage uh, against the Washington Redskins. Well, I will say this. uh, You know, the Philadelphia Eagles have always, they've had a history uh, of having very, very good secondaries. And I, and I will say this, you know, uh, and I don't know why they on the, they're not on the list. And I've said this to Troy Vincent before but and Bobby Taylor. But certainly Troy Taylor, uh, uh, I mean, Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor is one of the best tandems, I believe, that ever existed in the National Football League. They don't get the credit they deserve. Uh, so that cornerback position is a position that, that has been constantly filled with all pros and who have performed like all pros and pro bowlers, and and Nomley was a letdown. No doubt about it, he was a letdown, and I can't make any excuses for him. Uh, you, well, the two people that you mentioned, you talk about raising the bar. On a team or on a position, the two people that you just said have ra- raised the bar in the Philadelphia Eagles secondary where you better be all pro when you put that helmet on and go out onto the field. Because I don't care whether you're, what your name is and what your records are in college, when you come out through that tunnel with the uh, steam coming out on Sunday, you're compared to the people you just mentioned, Bobby Taylor and Troy Vincent. And don't forget, you got some other ones back there, too. You know, you way back in the day. We can, we can go back. There's, there's some great ones there. But you're right. And those are great ones. And that's why I brought their names up. And, you know, go to Wes Hopkins being back there in the secondary and Andre Waters and Brian Dawkins and Randy Logan, you know, all pro players. So I'm saying I agree with you. So Nomney, when we bought him in, there was no doubt he was exposed, so he had to go. He's gone. But couldn't that just settle things? Couldn't you get rid of him and, and be and keep going mm-hmm. forward? Well, there's some things. There were some personality problems that that went into around the office. Let's put it. Oh, that there way. you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. So there was. A, so there. So uh, after years of you know being friends, all of a sudden there was some oil and, and water there between maybe Lori and. Uh, okay. Well, we we were best friends in college. Yeah. 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 Okay, you put two and two together. Yes, yes. Well, you know, also, I think this. I think, just in my estimation from a distance after I've been gone for so many years, it could be that, again, Joe felt that he was very instrumental in putting that team together, and I don't think he ever had an equity position. And he was in a position now that maybe he wanted some equity, and maybe that wasn't offered to him, so he found that in Cleveland. Um, Without telling tales out of school, you're semi-correct there. Okay, I, I I can believe that, I can believe that. So 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 let's get back to Chip a little bit. And I, I've got my I've got my well, man. He, brought a, he, uh, he for, uh, asked me next January, you know what I think. But he has brought a total new atmosphere around that building, and looking at the draft, 
uh, he's has every defensive coordinator in the National Football League right now scratching their heads out like crazy, like what is he going to do with this offense? I mean, they every and you, I've heard from a couple of them, one of which you know who lives uh, who lives here in South Jersey. Okay, these guys are already saying, what, how do we prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles for 2013? Well, What's he going to run at us? Well, you know what I think. Uh, you know they. You know talking about spread and and a spread offense in college is a whole lot different than a spread offense in pro football. But this man, you know, everybody thought he was going to you know come in. He was going to bring that Oregon offense to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, had Mike Vick certainly could be that. But again, you don't want to put Mike out there and expose him to injuries because although it may be it may work in college. Pro football, they're much bigger, much faster, much stronger. Shout out to Damian Anderson. So all those multiple, you know, hits is, is hard for a guy to survive. But what I like about what, what, what Chip has done, and I believe, I loved Andy Reid for what he did this. Andy Reid and, and Dick Vermeil had the same thing. Dick had two all-pro tackles, Stan Walters and Jerry Sizemore. For the longest, we had John Runyon and Trey Thomas there in Philadelphia. And now it seems like Chip has put together some huge offensive linemen, six five, six six, six seven. I think you can do a lot of things when you can protect your quarterback and open up holes up front. Absolutely. And, and in the uh, playoff game last year, when they when they asked Troy Aikman, somebody asked Troy Aikman, what was the key to your success over the years? And they ran through you know, many of his many of his accomplishments in the National Football League. He said, yeah, but if I didn't have the best center in the history of the game in front of me, I would, you wouldn't be saying that. And, you know, I feel that same way. I've always felt this way, and I, I don't want to say anything bad, but I've always felt that Terry Bradshaw became the man he was because of Mike Webster. Yep. And I felt it, you know, as time went on, I just felt like maybe maybe Terry stood up more than I knew about because I didn't, certainly didn't hear about it. But but I, I just wish that they would have shared more information about how Terry, you know, went to bat for Mike Webster, you know, in his, you know, last few days uh, here. But but certainly I, I agree with that. And I also agree with the reason why Emmitt Smith has the record for all those touchdowns and all those yards is because of his offensive line. I don't think, you know, independent of his line, he's the greatest running back. It'd be a long time before I picked him, but that's my opinion. But so what? Everybody has theirs, and I just spoke mine. But well, I believe that's that's how his, that's where his greatness came from. Well, I'll debate myself. You were you were a mere young lad when these were going on, and when you talk about the uh, talk about the records and some of which will maybe never be broken in the great seasons that Johnny Unitas had with the Baltimore Colts, the then Baltimore Colts. Uh, you look at that offensive line. He could have gone back and called his mother on one of the old phones and then still thrown a seventy-yard touchdown pass because there was nobody around him. Not, not, not a speed dial on one of the old phones. So he could, have, he could have dialed each number and put his finger in the hole. And that's a pretty good one. Hey, listen, Henry, I, I appreciate that, man. What I want you to do is, uh, I want you to hold on. I think I got to take a break, but I, I when I come back. I've been waiting for my man. Mike Carney is going to join us. Mike, of course, was drafted, too. He was drafted by the, the New Orleans Saints in 2004. And listen, let me tell you something, man. It ain't nothing like being drafted. But we're going to talk about some things that's going on currently in the National Football League. And I want to hear what Mike's opinion is. And, Henry, old school, 
gonna stay with us and let them know well back in the day we might have looked at it a little bit different ray ellis sports on the voice america network we'll be right back Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise or especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, I tell you what matters to me. It, it matters to me that um, I got a special guest on 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 the phone with me now. Uh, and that special guest is from right here. He's from ASU, played ball at, at ASU, was drafted by the New Orleans Saints, uh, also played with the uh, St. Louis Rams. Uh, shout out to those folks in uh, St. Louis. Don't be scarred. That's where my, my wife is from, St. Louis, the show me state. Uh, well, Missouri is the show me state, but, of course, St. Louis Rams. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's joined me, and that is uh, Mike Carney. And, Mike, I, of course, I got on with me, uh, Henry Clay, but, uh, how are things in sunny California? I think you're in California now. Am I right, Mike? That's right. Southern California. It's yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. Every, everything's beautiful in California. But California is one of those states where, hey, man, you know, you if you want to be yourself and you want to, you know, you know, go at your own tune, sing at your own tune, play by your own rules, California is one of those places where you can get it done. And it looks like. Mm, the National Football League and, and the NBA and Major League Baseball and hockey is going to have to get comfortable with the fact that, hey, there may be some guys and some gals, you know, that, hey, they, they walk to their own tune, they play their own music, they do what they want to do. And even in terms of their preference, in terms of their personal lives and alternative lifestyles, we say gay, bi, whatever. You know, thinking about it, Mike, in the locker room, man, particularly draft day, a new guy comes in, you know, boom. You know, maybe a seasoned veteran, boom. But he's new in your locker room, and you find out that he's he's gay. Do you think that's, that would make a difference in an NFL locker room? I, you know, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't, that's, a, that's a really uh, tough question to, to, to answer. But I, I will say that uh, from my own perspective, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Uh, I don't have a problem with with what's uh, what we've heard from Jason Collins and him coming out. I, I, I marvel at it. 
I think it's something that was it was a matter of time before someone did this, and uh, I think that uh, he, he's now someone that everyone's going to look to that maybe are in the same situation in any professional locker room uh, who, can, who can find some support in it and uh, may find some inspiration from it. So uh, I don't know, Ray. You know, you were in the NFL locker room too, so, you know, I, I don't know. You know, different walks of life, different backgrounds, cultures. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think people would uh, in a locker room would not have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just tell you from my perspective, it, it, it's like this, Mike. I always tell people, when I was a kid to this day, I used to always say, you know, when you see somebody, you know, and, and let's say if he was a, a transvestite, I think we called him, or transsexual, whatever it was back in the day, you know, I would always tell my friends, hold on now, you got to understand, that's a grown-ass man. I, he, he, might be, he might look a little funny, dress a little different, but that's a grown-ass man. So from a football perspective, I would say if I was lined up over the strong safety, and, 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 and I'm not going to say a fullback because I don't want you to take it, but if, if, if a lineman came around and he had already said he was openly gay, well, right now he's a lineman when he's coming at me. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, and, no, and, I, and I, I think you're right about that. I think that's a great way to look at it. Is the thing that I would focus on, I think a lot of guys are going to focus on, is is at the end of the day, can this guy play football? Right. Okay. It, it doesn't matter what what we're doing off the field. To me, it always what mattered was what, what what was going on in between the white lines, and that to me would be my focus. And I think that that's going to be a lot of the focus when it comes to the NBA and Jason Collins. And hey, can this guy still play when it's time to play on the on the court? And I think you know I'm I'm gonna throw another one in here. I remember when Muhammad Ali was uh was in in the movie, and I watched the greatest. And, uh, you know, there were times, uh, the movie might have been Ali, but, you know, Will Smith played Ali. And there were times where there was somebody that Muhammad Ali was fighting. And the person didn't want to acknowledge that his name was no longer Cassius Clay, but it was Muhammad Ali. And so because he didn't want to acknowledge his name, Muhammad Ali continued to punish him in the ring. And each time, you know, he was telling him to say his name or whatever. And I could see in the event that, if somebody who is, is gay and playing in a game and somebody doesn't want to respect the fact that they get, I think there might be some punishment that might be bought into. To, I'm going to get my respect one, one way or the other. I'm going to get it. But let me ask you, Henry, I got you on. You you're got a couple years on me, not too many. But th- th- this is this <laughs> yeah, is. Th- th- this I'd is, like to think it, but it's not, <laughs> that's going to feel than a couple. Well, well, this is actually groundbreaking, you know, and you've seen, well, you know, yeah. you've seen the color barrier. You know about that. You know about, you know, some things happening. At least it was a short time after your period of time. But you but you obviously were around when those things happened. You saw a civil rights movement. You see, and now you see these things happening, and, and I wanted to say this. In fact, 1981 was a special year for me and Mike because in 81 I was drafted, and in 81 Mike was born into this world. But what happened was that's when Mar- Martina Natchitofololo, however you pronounce that name, she came out open. So it's not the first time professional sports has heard about a professional athlete right. being yeah. I, I know the I look at the clock above my head. I know we're getting there. Yeah. So it was a former Washington Redskins after he left the game, and he came out as being gay. His name was David Copay, and you might want to check it, Google mm. him and see some of the things that he said and were said to him. But Ray, you could even there were even some players around when you were in the league, and you can talk to you the guys that you played with who played with him, and you will find out that that young man was one of the heaviest hitters in the history of the game. Mm. Mm. Right? 
I believe and that, Henry. David Copay, like I said, he was a he was a linebacker for the Redskins, and I know a person, a couple of players that you played with. That when it happened, we talked to them, and they said, "Gee, I'm still remembering the hits he put on me." <laughs> now, as far as Martina, uh, I cover tennis also, as you know, and some one of the greatest interviews in all of these sports and all of the events that I've ever covered was she came here to make a um, to appear in a fundraiser uh, event out at Haverford College. The other lady couldn't get in because of the snow, and she talked to the media for an hour. That's one of the greatest interviews I've ever participated in, and she talked a lot about everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Listen, here's what I want to do. I want to make sure that, of course, I'm gonna I gotta have to get Mike on another show because I didn't give him enough time. But, but Mike, what I, what I want to do is I just want to ask you a little bit. Of course, you know things happened with the Saints. Uh, you know, last year the season wasn't so good. I'm sure, you know, because of the fact that you play for them, you also play for the Rams. But, you know, just looking at the Saints, uh, some of those things that happen off the field, you know, that the bounties and all those type of things, you know, and as a result, you know, some players, you know, are gone. Uh, do you think the Saints can put it back together, man? They still got Drew Brees, got some other players. you think the Saints can put it back together, maybe get another shot at a run at the Super Bowl? As long as Drew Brees is your quarterback, you always got a chance. And I think with Sean Payton being back from suspension, uh, he's really the guy that makes that thing go, along with Drew Brees. So as long as those two guys are together on the same team, uh, you're going to have a chance to to win another title. So I think last year's bounty situations, uh, in some cases, uh, uh, you know, whether what you want to believe through, the, through all of the investigation and all the – all the, all the reporting uh, of what was true and what was not true about it. it had it, we all think we all I think can agree it had a direct result on their season last year. There's no doubt about that. And you you can't have a, your, your head coach, who is your driving force of that football team, who's been there since 2006, who's turned that thing around, who's brought you your first Super Bowl title to that city. Uh, without him having his absence uh, was it was devastating to to their season. And I think having him back along with Drew. Um, they're going to be just fine. Well, let's, let's take a look at another team you played for. We got about a minute for you to kind of summarize that. What kind of chance you think you, you see the Rams uh, having that press, maybe winning that division and making it to the playoffs? I think their chances are, are, are they have great chances of, of the fact that they, when they hired Jeff Fisher, I, I, I told someone last year, they just won eight games already. And they finished eight and eight last year. Their best records what in, in gosh, five, six, seven seasons. So uh, I think with Jeff Fisher at the helm, and, and a legitimate owner, Stan Kroenke, uh, they're they're going to be more contenders than pretenders of the past. And and last but least, we can't let you go. You know, you, you can't give up on 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 the Sun Devils. So, what does it look like coming out of that that Pac-12? I think it is now. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I like what Coach Todd Graham was doing. I got a chance to meet him and and, and meet some of the players a couple weeks ago at the alumni golf tournament. And I like the direction they're headed. I think that that program is, is, is on the ascend, and I think that it's going to be just getting better and better. And the fact that they can get, keep him there more for more than four years is, is a huge accomplishment. And I think that they're going to do that, and I think that they're going to be something to be reckoned with, and they'll be a contender this year. And hopefully they can be 
can control the Pac-12 South, I think that they'll be the team to beat down there. Well, uh, I certainly appreciate you joining us, Mike. And, uh, you know, I, I've watched ASU play since I moved here in 2006, and I've always felt that they've, they've been contenders. I'm just looking for them to have an, an outburst and go ahead and, and, and win that division and, and perhaps maybe compete for a national championship. You always have talented players on that team. There's never, since I've been here, there's always somebody who's on draft day who's getting drafted. So they're producing NFL-quality players. They've just got to put, uh, you know, enough games together and, and win that division and uh, get into that national contention. Hey, I also always want to thank my man, Henry Clay. Without him, I wouldn't be here. And again, I want to thank Mike Carney for, for joining me here on Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. But it looks like I hear some music, so I only got about 30 seconds. Hey, you guys, make sure you come back next week. I'll still be right here on the Voice America Network. And I'm going to get Mike, Mike. Mike needs to have his own show. Yeah, Mike. I'm going to call you, man. Hang in there. Thank you all for listening. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.